all died on a faulty submarine. A faulty submarine. A faulty submarine. Hey, yeah. The best part of doing a podcast is making fun of idiot billionaires who decided to unintentionally commit suicide at the location where (laughs) rich people were douchebags to poor people hundreds of years ago. That's right, it's a timely episode. We're going to talk about the Ocean Gate thing. But first and foremost, I'm Captain Dubs, and you are listening to Red Leg Revolution, a show about community. And you know who's not part of our community? Billionaires. Any of them. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about the Ocean Gate disaster, and not so much about, well, I guess about half of it's the about the disaster, but... More so, I really want to talk about the reactions from the internet to this particular disaster and why we are laughing about this and why I personally think that it is okay to do so. But first, let's talk a little bit about what actually happened. So from Reuters, you know, the media journalist, I don't know, collective, We have a headline titled, Titanic Sub Destroyed in Catastrophic Implosion, All Five Aboard Dead, by Joseph Axe and Steve Gorman, published on June 23, 2023. Quote, A deep-sea submersible carrying five people on a voyage to the century-old wreck of the Titanic was found in pieces from a catastrophic implosion that killed everyone aboard, the U.S. Coast Guard said on Thursday, ending a multinational five-day search for the vessel. The Titan, operated by the U.S.-based company Ocean Gate Expeditions, has been missing since it's lost contact with its surface support ship on Sunday morning, about an hour and 45 minutes into what should have been a two-hour dive to the world's most famous shipwreck. Well, until now. Well, I mean, it's not really that going to be that famous because, you know, billionaires suck. So... Basically, what I have an overview of, and I've got some notes for this episode. I This is one I'm kind of winging because I wanted to get it out. And, you know, once again, I needed to get something out anyway, and this seemed like a fun subject. So from what I understand, Ocean Gate uh, skimped on doing actual safety protocols and tests and such to make sure that the vessel could withstand those depths safely. Um, and they just did the capitalist thing of it's going to work because I think it's going to work. So they skipped all the safety protocols and then they went to the Titanic and because they skipped all the safety protocols, the whole vessel imploded, which personally to me, I think is pretty cool. So let's start by talking about just how messed up it is to try to utilize the Titanic as a tourist destination. That is the final resting place of, I don't have the numbers on the Titanic up, but a lot of poor people, and the majority of those poor people were poor. The rich people were able to escape, and the poor people were left behind to die. And that can be very well learned by watching the early 90s documentary Titanic, and we can still debate whether or not there was enough room for a jack on that door. Personally, it looked like there was plenty. I've, I've installed multiple doors, and there is more than enough to 
space for two people. But back to the original point, that is a mass gravesite. That is where a lot of dead bodies rest. And regardless of your religious, spiritual views, it's kind of not cool to go use graves as a tourist destination without the proper reverence and, and respect, right? I mean, I've been to a couple of different massacre sites, one of which was the Sand Creek Massacre site in eastern Colorado, and one of which is the Ludlow Coal Union Massacre site in southern Colorado. And both of them, I didn't go to be like, ooh, I went there. Like, I went there to pay respects to the people who died there and to treat it with the same gravitas that the actual act itself requires. And if your whole intention of going to some place like the Titanic is just to be like, look, we were first, look how awesome we are, we went to see this mass grave and relatively well-preserved gravesite, if you're going there for bragging rights, then that's not the proper respect and gravitas that the situation calls for. And for me personally, of course I didn't know these guys, but for me personally, it seemed like it was kind of the, the attitude that like Musk and um, Amazon guy, whose name escapes me right now, are going to the stars. Well, we'll go deep into the ocean. And it backfired. It backfired spectacularly. And I don't know if that's a curse of the Titanic. Like the ghosts that are down there are like, yo, we are not going to allow you to to fetishize our final resting place and, you know, pulled them down under in a Lovecraftian horror, I guess. I don't know. I don't read a lot of Lovecraft. He kind of scares me, and I hear he was very, very problematic. And there are so many elements of this story that are just balls-to-the-wall insane. I mean, I'm sure you all have seen the news, and I'm not telling you anything you haven't heard, but... The steering mechanism for the entire sub was like a $30 Logitech computer game controller. You're billionaires, and the best you could do is jury-rig a video game controller. Look, I get y'all think you didn't get rich by wasting money, but it seems to me, and again, I'm just a peasant, what do I know, but it seems to me if I'm going to go put myself in a dangerous situation such as that, I'm going to trust my steering to a lot more than a goddamn USB, micro-USB controller. <laughs> I doubt it was even a USB-C, a more reliable connection. This episode brought to you by USB-C. You don't have a fucking choice. And then it's just such a great setup for all sorts of jokes, which we're going to talk a little bit in a minute. But I think for me, the funniest part of the whole story is the sheer arrogance and hubris of these billionaires and thinking that, again, it'll work because they think it's going to work. So, to illustrate that a little better, we are going to go to an article from CBS News titled, The Missing Submersible Was Run by a Video Game Controller. Is That Normal? By Caitlin O'Kane. God, all these reporters have badass names in this script. Um, published on June 21st, 2023. Quote, 
A desperate search is on after a submersible on a deep-sea expedition to the Titanic wreckage went missing with five people on board this week. The submersible, called the Titan, is controlled by what the company's CEO referred to as a video game controller, a fact that raised questions about the vitality of the sub and viability of its hardware. It's unclear if the device, which resembles the widely available Logitech F710 wireless gamepad, had been modified or customized. It is also unclear if OceanGate, which coordinates such expeditions, was still using the video game controller on the submersible for the recent trip, during which, which Rush was the operator. The missing submersible is different from other deep-sea vessels in that it is only five-person sub in the world that can reach titanic depths, approximately between 13,000 feet, nearly 2.5 miles below the ocean's surface. Steve Wright, an associate professor of aerospace engineering at the University West of England, says several aircraft and sea vessels are partially controlled by what looks like a video game controller. When shown a photo of the Titan's video game controller via email, Wright said he's never seen anything like that and expected there would have been a more reliable main system. End quote. So that, that one fact alone makes this pretty funny to begin with. I probably would feel bad if it had been just like five random regular people who were like, hey, let's let's jerry-rig this and try to do something preferably not the titanic and if it had happened i i would probably have a bit more sympathy but again these people have ridiculous unfathomable sums of money and that's the best you can do this is what unfettered capitalism gets us they don't even care to make shit safe for themselves it's all about exponential growth, bragging rights, and fuck all safety regulations. And it came back to bite him, in, bite him in the ass. And personally, I think that's pretty funny. The hubris and arrogance of it is the best part, really. I, I just can't get over that. And that's why I feel like we are totally, it's okay to make jokes about this. So why are we making jokes about this? What is it about this particular thing that has made a large segment of the working class population in America crack jokes about such a dark topic? Well, personally, I don't go that low, even under pressure, because that seems like a good way to implode. Oh, shit, did I just do it? To bring it back to what I was saying at the top of the episode, the whole reason I felt like doing this episode was because I got sick of trying to explain to my more moderate friends why the people left of them think this is fucking hilarious. I, I saw a lot of memes going around my more moderate friends who were like, you know, how can you laugh? Five people are dead. I wouldn't laugh at anybody's death. And I'm over here like, Yo, off the top of my head, I laughed at Pat Robertson's death, Rush Limbaugh's death, and I'm still holding my breath for goddamn Kissinger, but I will certainly laugh when that happens. Because there are certain people in the world who it's funny, it's good, it's based when they die. And I don't think that can be applied to a lot of people. But in my personal worldview and my political thought, 
these people are, are vile. They're evil. Anyone who has a billion dollars is, by definition, an evil person. Because in today's society, you can't get a billion dollars without screwing somebody or something. Whether that's the political systems that tie our various societies together, whether that's the citizenry who actually make your your products or your wealth for you or if it's the very environment that we live on that we're now all suffering a rapid climate heat up because of billionaires making decisions to increase their bottom line with no regard to the collateral effects to the greater world and to me that is the core problem with capitalism but that also more importantly is why it is a good thing when these people die it is something that should be celebrated, it is something that should be rejoiced, and it sure shit should be something that we laugh about, especially when it's in this particular situation. It's very hard for me, as a working class person, to find sympathy with people who, who are in a completely different universe than me. Billionaires have nothing in common with us. They do not understand the struggles that the common people go through every day. They do not understand the way that they are violating all sorts of morals and ethics to make their money. And they don't understand how much good they could do in the world if they were to redistribute that wealth downward to the people that actually need it. I mean, the whole housing market is off the chain. People can't find homes. Inflation has driven the cost of food up to two, three times what it was three, four years ago. None of us have health care. None of us, well, most of us are not properly educated. And those of us who are owe massive amounts of debt. We are ground down by interest rates that are horrible. It's just... I can't identify with the billionaire, and a billionaire can't identify with me, and that's why I think it's funny when they do stupid shit and die. Fuck around, find out. That's, that's all there is to it. They fucked around, they found out, and I like to think, you know, if we're not eating the rich, at least a bunch of deep-sea creatures are. So... Deep sea creatures are comrades. And while we're talking about deep sea creatures, I didn't have any notes for this, but I just feel like it bears mentioning. I'm sure everybody saw all the marine animals organizing. Yes, I said organizing to ram into luxury yachts all over the world. And I, for one, welcome our dolphin overlords. <laughs> So I think that's pretty cool. It's like the ocean is trying to reclaim itself from the billionaires, and I, again, I think that's pretty based. But let's talk a little more about the hubris that, again, makes this so funny. But before we do that, we're at about 15 minutes in, which y'all know what time it is. It is time for me to shamelessly plug these various groups and organizations that I think are doing an awesome job, as well as my own random plug. And I think today I'm going to plug marine animals for all the good work that they are doing fighting the rich. So why don't you go buy a bucket of fish, fly to the coast, hop on a non-yacht boat, out maybe just past the ocean shelf and throw some mackerel in i'm sure they will appreciate it and when the world ends they will sing to us so long and thanks for all the fish we'll be right back here's some ads 
Hey y'all, capitalism sucks, but Benavie Farms and Nursery is part of my community. Benavie Farms and Nursery is Kansas City's local sustainable nursery whose main focus is saving our little buzzing comrades, the bees. Bees are a primary pollinator for the world's food supply, and their species are declining at a rapid pace due to destruction of their native habitats. Benavie Farms and Nursery realize the importance of not only growing your own food, but also saving the bees. At Benavie Farms, they specialize in perennials, pollinators, and produce, so you can support a community initiative, plant a garden, and save the bees all at the same time. We talk a lot about food security on my show, and the first step is growing your own food for yourself and your community, and you can do that while saving our pollinators. The staff at Benavie Farms are knowledgeable, friendly, helpful, and inclusive, and can't wait to help you start or expand your garden this spring. To learn more about a sustainable no-till urban farm, go to benaviefarms.com or find Benavie Farms on Facebook. I just got my hours cut again? How can I pay my bills? Yeah, it sucks, especially since they only pay us minimum wage. But what can we do? Solidarity Man. That's right, fellow workers, it is I, Solidarity Man, champion of the working class, and it sounds like you need a union. A union? That's right. What power on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? So, a union makes us strong? That's right. Alone, you can do little to change your situation, but together, you can move mountains, and the industrial workers of the world are here to help. Huh? The IWW is a union for all workers, no matter the trade, job, or career, and we want to organize your workplace. Wow. Where can we find the IWW? In your hometown. The IWW has branches all over the world. Check out IWW.org to find your local membership board or join as an at-large member and start your own chapter. After all, our greatest superpower is working together. I must go. I hear another exploited worker calling for help. But remember, the working class and the employing class have nothing in common. Away! Bob was just a normal suburban guy trying to make ends meet until one day everything began to change. I guess I'll log into Facebook. Hmm, that looks like a fun main page. It came for him without a warning. He had no idea what dwells deep in the swamps. Hey, they also just give away seeds and stickers. It had him hooked and he didn't even realize it. Well, Produce is getting expensive, and I've always thought about starting a garden. The beast from Florida is coming with one goal. Hey, and I could give the extra vegetables away too. Anarchy. Well, maybe it's just best if we all help each other. Coming to a post office box near you, the Skunk Ape Liberation Union. at the bottom of the ocean so the hubris the sheer fucking hubris that these people died because of well the director of the famed early 90s movie titanic has some thoughts about that so to talk about that from newsweek uh in an article by isla slisco yes slisco on june 23rd 2023 titled James Cameron says arrogance and hubris doomed both the Titanic quote the sinking of the Titanic shocked the public in part because the ship was widely considered to be impervious to disaster Philip Franklin then the vice president of the Titanic's operator White Star Line 
maintained that there was no danger that the ship would sink shortly after learning that it had been struck after learning that it had struck the iceberg claiming the boat is unsinkable in the years prior to titan's implosion rush the ceo made comments that may similarly be viewed as ironic the ceo told cbs news that the submersible was pretty much invulnerable in 2017 he also touted the benefits of breaking the rules, and argued that, at some point, safety is just pure waste during an interview with CBS correspondent David Pogue last year. James Cameron, writer and director of the Oscar-winning 1997 film Titanic, suggested during a CNN interview on Thursday that Rush and Oceangate ignored the lessons of the ocean liner's demise in an ill-conceived rush to operate tours of the wreckage, which the company was selling for $250,000 per person. The collective we didn't remember the lessons of Titanic, said Cameron. These guys at Oceangate didn't. Because of the arrogance and the hubris that sent the ship to its doom is exactly the same thing that sent those people in that sub to their fate. And I just think that's heartbreaking, he added. I think it's heartbreaking that it was so preventable. End quote. So we've got the video game controller, we have the hubris and arrogance, and then we have the irony... Yo, Alanis, more set. Go ahead and add this into your updated version of Ironic. I don't know, something along the lines of your submarine didn't have safety, and now you're dead at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> I don't know. That was off the cuff. If I had scripted this, I probably would have still been singing an Alanis Morissette parody. So... There's just lots of elements of this that, again, make it fucking hilarious. And I can't stress enough why that's okay. Because billionaires are, again, not ethical in any way, shape, or form. Speaking of, let's go ahead and look at some of the people who did die in that, I don't know, I hate to call it a disaster because, again, it's a miracle, I guess. It's, it's a net gain for the world five of them out at one time. Anyway, let's talk a bit about some of the passengers. So the passengers who were killed on board were Pakistani businessman and his son, Shahzada and Suleiman Daywood, British businessman Hamish Harding, French diver Paul-Henri Nargiolet, Nar I don't know, it's fucking French, Nargiolet, hey, y'all go look at the news stories. Don't count on me for everything. And Stockton Rush, the CEO of the vessel's operator, Ocean Gate Expeditions. So, first off, I don't think we need to talk on <coughs> Rush all that much. Um, I think the best, best thing we can say about him is how he violated all the safety protocols, and now he is dead. So let's talk about Shazada Daywood or Dawood, I am not sure. And that is one thing, the billionaire or not, I try not to mispronounce other people's names as best I can. As you guys know, I epically fail at that all the time. So first off, I was going to... Actually, I had an article I was going to quote from, from the New York Times, but it is behind a paywall, so they can go to hell. And luckily, the headline gets my point across. The headline on the New York Times is Suit Accuses Fashion House of Running Sweatshops. Now, this came up when I googled what Shahzad did for a living. I had 
already previously seen a meme that said that his family business had sweatshops. So I did go verify that. But like I said, I do not have the article to see if those were ever proven. But you know what? In my head canon, it is because he's fucking dead. Is he going to sue me? Probably not. His lawyers might, but I mean, my listenership isn't that big, and I doubt that they even know I am here talking shit on his dead ass. But it goes back to my initial point. This guy got rich on sweatshops, among, I'm sure, many other crimes against society, humanity, and the environment. So I have no sympathy for him, and I will, again, laugh at his untimely demise. Now, what I won't laugh about, I actually, the only person on there that I have even an inkling of remorse for laughing about was his child. Well, I hate that we're calling him a kid because he's not a fucking kid. He's 19. But nonetheless, his kid, Suleiman Daywood, that I, I feel a little bad for, and you'll understand why. From Hello Magazine, on uh, an article, again, June 23rd, 2023, titled Ocean Gate Passenger Suleiman Daywood, 19, was terrified, reluctantly went on voyage for Father's Day. So let's let's just unpack that before I get into this into this article. From what I understand, he was basically pressured into going as a Father's Day gift, and I think all of us who have tenuous relationships with our parents we're all seeking approval in some way, shape, or form, so I can't really fault this kid for giving in. Further, you know, if you're the kid of a billionaire, you probably want to inherit some of that money in the future, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to bite the hand that feeds you, so to speak, and if your dad, who's a billionaire, is like, yo, let's go look at the Titanic on Father's Day, probably in your best interest to go do it, except in this case. So, from that article. Asma Daywood, or I guess, quote, Asma Daywood, who lives in Amsterdam, has shared how she has been left crippled by the idea of what her nephew and brother, Suleiman's father, Shazada, must have been feeling in their final moments on board the submersible Titan, which lost contact with its mothership less than two hours after setting out to the wreck of the 1912 ship on Sunday, June 19th. I am thinking of Suleiman, who is 19, in there, just perhaps gasping for breath. It's been crippling, to be honest, she told NBC News, adding that her nephew had revealed weeks prior that he wasn't very up for it and felt terrified. However, because the trip fell over Father's Day weekend, Asma said he was eager to please his dad, who had been a lifelong fan of Titanic lore, and spent half a million dollars for him and his son to visit the site at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. End quote. So my, f my first objection to that article is the use of lore for the Titanic. I mean, I know that's kind of a phrase that we use for a catch-all for all sorts of information, but when we're talking about an actual historical thing that happened, I think reframing it as lore kind of, I don't know, disrespects the actual history of the matter. I mean... This is an actual historical thing that happened and people died because of it and their bodies are still at the bottom of the ocean. This isn't a damn Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Secondly, it seems pretty clear that Suleiman did not want to go on this trip. And 
I don't know if he was just like I was talking about a minute ago, if he just was unable to express that to his father in fear of displeasing him or if dad didn't give a shit because, you know, if you're a billionaire who's willing to do all sorts of evil things to make your money, you're probably pretty self-centered and narcissistic as a trait, not as a clinical diagnosis. And I have a feeling that even if his you know, son had been like, yo, I don't want to go, he would have been like, well, tough shit, I just dropped a quarter million dollars on this ticket, it's Father's Day, here, here's a scuba tank. <laughs> but don't worry, nothing's going to happen. But because of that, that is the only one of these quote-unquote victims that I have even an iota of sympathy for, because I too have been put in dangerous positions in my attempts to please one of my parents, and I totally get that, and I do feel feel bad. I mean, he just turned 19. He has not had a lot of time to make his own unethical mark in the world, and I think there's a good conversation to have about how much the privilege you get of being a billionaire kid is kind of setting you up to grow up to be a billionaire, but... I don't know, that's definitely not a conversation that I'm prepared to delve into today, so I'm just going to say that's the one that I'm even slightly sorry something bad happened. And when I do want to make an effort to empathize with these people who it's I can't empathize with because, again, we're different classes, I do think like that's the one I kind of more focus on as Suleiman and be like, wow. You know, that's just a dude trying to make his dad happy, and that sucks that that's what happened to him. But that's not enough for me to not laugh about the whole situation. I mean, I'm just looking at the statistics here. There's, you know, five people that died, one of which I feel an iota of sympathy for, and four that I don't, and I think the world's better off. I don't know. It seems like the trolley problem except underwater. But we laugh about it and the reason we laugh about it is again because we have bigger problems and we are facing death on a daily basis whether it be from starvation being displaced from our, our homes the encroaching colonialism of you know the world powers who are still ravishing the global south whether that's the effects of climate change that we're seeing thanks to billionaires actions in the past i mean i could really thread the needle and get into like cops who kill innocent people are just enforcing the the security of the state and the state is only there to enforce the property of people like billionaires so i could blame them which i don't have any ethical problem doing because every time i hear about the victims of communism i always note that <laughs> you know capitalism all in all has way more victims once we look at the broad picture i mean just the uh chattel slave trade of the american south or the the grisly wars that were and massacres that were you know foisted upon the indigenous populations of the united states and canada like those alone i think probably rival the uh holodomor or mao or whatever i mean i as you all probably know i do a lot of research about indigenous culture and history in america and at one point after Columbus showed up, like, 
70% of all the natives in the eastern seaboard died from disease. So I don't know. Obviously, nobody knows exactly how many people died because nobody was taking censuses back then. But that's pretty significant. So the system we live under is, is horrible and it's bad and it makes the worst rise to the top and rewards them for it. And then they do bad things, and then they live their life in such a way that when they die, people laugh. And I think that's the gist of it. I've never been a fan of the attitude, we don't speak ill of the dead. I mean, I, I, I think the idea of whitewashing somebody's memory because, oh, they're dead, is ridiculous. You are remembered by the legacy that you leave. And if you want to leave a good legacy, you do good work. I mean, honestly, one of the things that I do all this activism, organizing, involved in my community, doing this show, is when I die, I want my funeral to spill out of the, the funeral home and onto the street. I want people to come pay respects to my body and to my surviving family and everything because I want to be remembered as a good person. And so, again, I do the work to hopefully get to that point but if you're a billionaire and you're destroying the planet and hanging out with your billionaire cronies and friends and also destroying the planet with them i got no sympathy for you you've lived your life in such a way that i am perfectly right to shit down your neck it's one of the reasons we frequently make fun of ronald reagan being in hell exact same situation he was a piece of shit he did great great harm to the united states and thus the world and so I'm going to crack jokes at his expense and then have to edit some of them out because I go off the cuff and might make comments that are kind of problematic. So I have to redub them, which happens a lot, honestly, when I do these improv ones because, you know, I'm also unpacking my own colonialism and racism and sexism and all that stuff. So I have to call myself in time to time. It's one of the reasons I don't do a live show very often. So, well, that's about what I had to say. Um, if you're, you know, getting angry at people laughing at dead billionaires, then I, I'm not sure how to help you. You are not going to ever become a billionaire, and the concept that you can is completely wishful thinking. You know, there's not that many billionaires proportionately to the, like almost eight billion people in the world. You ain't going to be that guy. you got a better chance of winning the lottery. So the whole idea of simping for him, it just goes right over my head. So that all being said, that is the show for this week. You can find me on Facebook at Red Leg Revolution, on Twitter at Red Leg Pod. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where we, we's all over the place. I got reps in towns all over. Um, yeah, so like us, subscribe us, subscribe to us, share us with all your friends. Tell them that I don't go as low as the submersible. I don't know, that was that was a goddamn horrible joke. I need to get out of here. But bottom line is, don't be a billionaire, don't ignore safety regulations, and live your life in such a way that people don't make jokes when you die. That, that helps our community, especially that last one. And after all, our only hope is each other. And we out. Peace.
This has been a production of 419 Media. Got a minute.